0: All right, so we want to welcome in stadium's college basketball insider Jeff Goodman to the podcast. Jeff, appreciate you joining us. I'm sure it's uh, it's been a hectic week for you.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird going from watching uh, high school kids over the weekend at the Peach Jam and uh, now, you know, talking to Monty Bates. You know, that I sat down with Monty Bates for a while. I'm going to write something on him this week and Uh, he'll probably be a top two pick, uh, not next year's draft, but the following. And and now talking about this year's draft and KK Cunningham, who I saw probably three years ago for the first time at the Peach Jam and fell in love with him. I mean, absolutely just fell in love with everything he's about. Like the biggest thing with Cade, the first time I saw him was, it was just all about like making people better and winning. And every intangible, that's that's why I loved him. And he's come a long way. I mean, listen, he really was not a shooter. And he would be the first one to say before last year, you know, we went through strengths and weaknesses, and his list was longer on the weakness end, which was kind of cool to hear. Most kids are like, they talk about their strengths. He He's so self-aware and confident that he went through all the weaknesses, you know, perimeter shooting and taking care of the ball and this and that. And, uh, but he shot 40% for three last year, so that was uh, that was impressive.
0: So he seems to you to be kind of that worthy number one pick type of player?
1: 100%. 100% in every way. I mean, I, I think he's got a lot of Luka in him. I really do. I mean, their size, their ability to make people better, neither are great athletes, neither are great shooters, but make enough. You know, the difference is the two biggest difference. Luka's a, a, a much better offensive player in terms of score you know, with his footwork, with his ability to create separation, just, you know, he's just got that knack for scoring. Cade's a much better defender. So uh, I again, I just think their their size and athleticism or lack there of being a, an elite athlete and making people better uh, are, are really the similarities with those guys.
0: So you had your final mock draft come out on watchstadium.com. Um, any big movements for the for the final draft? Any uh, tough decisions that that you had to make for that?
1: I mean, honestly, like one to four was pretty easy for me, and one to five have kind of stayed the same, just because I, I thought I had them from pretty much the, the day the lottery uh, occurred. You know, Cade being one, Houston liking Jalen Green at two, and then Cleveland had a dilemma, and I think we'll have a dilemma, but ultimately. It's hard for them to go Jalen Suggs when they already have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, and it forces them to have to make a move when it's not clear-cut anyway. Uh, but Mobley can play with Jared Allen. Uh, I, I think they'll be fine together. Mobley's more skilled on the offensive end, can step away, although he hasn't done a ton of it yet in, in college. So I think they go Mobley, and then Toronto's like the biggest winner of the draft. I mean, to get Jalen Suggs at four is absolutely insane. You know, I mean, he, he, elite-level player. People thought he might be in the equation for the number one overall pick earlier in the year. Uh, and then it gets interesting at, at five, ben. You know, like, that's the one that, to me, I would take. If I'm Orlando and, and Jeff Weltman, I would take um, James Booknight. I, I just think, to me, the way the game is now, where scoring is at such a, you know, that that's that's what you want, those kind of wings that can score the ball especially at the end of shot clock or at the end of a game, give them the ball, they can make a play. knight has got that. Scotty Barnes doesn't. Scotty Barnes is a Draymond Green type player. I think Orlando really likes him. But if I'm them, I make sure I get Booknight at five. And then at eight, I'm still going to have a Barnes, a Kaminga, a guy who can defend. But I'm going to make sure I get Knight because I think he's a guy that, you know, can, can be a – all-star fringe, all-star caliber player, somebody that you can sort of build around, not a franchise player, but, you know, a, a you know, 16, 18 point a game guy.
2: Going into last weekend, Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kamingo were about even odds to go fifth overall to the Magic. That's what they hold right now. Why has Barnes risen up draft board so much? And do you think there's any chance that maybe Barnes could go ahead of Jalen
1: Suggs at four? I'd be shocked if he goes ahead of Suggs. I think it's a clear four in this draft. And I've said this all along, like the four guys and then a gap. And I don't know if it's Barnes moving up or Kaminga moving down guys. I've, I've never been a huge Kaminga guy. You know, he was up and down in the bubble. He shot, what, 24% or something from three. Not a big-time three-point shooter. You know, and, and even defensively, he's got the skills, but but it's not like he's consistent. Uh, you know, as a, as a big time defender yet, where obviously Scotty Barnes can go out there and probably guard almost anybody, not almost, you know, close to anybody in the, in the league right now. You know, he's six, nine, he's long, he's strong. He's done it in college. Kaminga was up and down in the bubble, you know, and, and they love NBA guys love Jalen green. Cause he played hard all the time and he made shots in the bubble and nobody thought he could, everybody thought he was just like a 25%, shooter like Kaminga well he proved to, to be able to really make shots play hard all the time and he's a, an elite level athlete and Kaminga is kind of now that versatile forward but if you're a versatile forward and you can't shoot what are you I personally I wouldn't take Kaminga in the top oh. 10 I wouldn't oh wow yeah I, I really would not but but I think he'll go somewhere you know somewhere in that six to nine range is where I think he goes
0: I want to ask you about Moses Moody because so for your draft you have him going tenth um, to the Memphis Grizzlies and on the betting podcast early on we talked about his over under it was uh, I think it was over under eleven and a half and the under was was pretty heavily favored I think that's a bet I'm going to hit for Moses Moody do you see him at all moving outside of that top eleven or are you pretty sure he's going to go top eleven maybe even top ten
1: I think he goes somewhere in that range right I mean. But it's, it's hard to say at that point because you just there's always a guy that slides out of there that you don't expect always without without question. I don't know who it's going to be that kind of gets to 10 that maybe you don't expect. You know that I mean, the Pelicans, what they need is a floor spacer. Right. You can't take another guy that's going to clog. The, the, the court because you've already got Zion. And, and, and Zion, as good as he is, you better have the right players around him. And J.J. Redick is at the end of his career. Like, that's it, right? Like, they don't even play him anymore. So they need somebody that's going to be able to shoot the basketball. And Moody can shoot it, he's got size, and he can guard. So I think when you have those three things, you can, you can be put on the court right away. Like, Corey Kispert is going to have a harder time getting on the court because he can't really guard. Moody can guard and he can shoot. He may not be the shooter Kispert is but he's pretty good. So I, I think Moody's the guy that fits in perfectly in New Orleans. Like if I'm David Griffin and he's there, I don't even look anywhere else. Like he's exactly what that team needs right now, especially if they bring in Kyle Lowry. You know, you bring in Lowry with Zion, with Ingram, you know, you, you could use another guy that can just literally just kind of stretch that defense and kind of stand in the corner and then guard because they're not great defensively either.
2: Yeah, we've seen some mock drafts with Moses Moody as high as eighth to the the magic. And that's the magic second pick. So maybe it depends on what they end up doing at five. And you mentioned James Booknike as a possibility for the magic at five, Chris Duarte, his odds have moved because he's rising up draft board. Is there any other players that we kind of haven't heard much of that you expect to maybe go higher than expected tomorrow night?
1: I mean, I think Kai Jones will. I've seen Kai Jones anywhere from, you know, at the high end at like 11 where I have him uh, with Charlotte to like all the way down to the 20s. And I just can't see him not going closer to 11 because he's 6'11 and he can shoot it. And that's what everybody wants right now, right? I mean, those forwards, again, that are skilled. Like, I don't understand how, how the kid Sangoon most people have him really high. I, I don't get it. I just don't really get it because, you know, frankly, he, he's a guy that's not a, a big time athlete. Um, So I could see him really kind of falling. He put up big numbers in Turkey. But, you know, again, if you're below the rim big these days, people have him. I've seen him in mock drafts as high as like 10 or 12. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but again, Oklahoma City. It's, I mean, we'll see how many picks Presti holds on to here, uh, or if he makes a move in Golden State. You know, Golden State could change this whole draft if if they make a real move. And I, you know, I've been told Bob Myers certainly wants to see if he can upgrade right now, right, and get another veteran that can help them win now. You know, like Duarte would be great at at 14. To be able to add because duarte is a guy that i think in the second unit can come in and help him he can shoot it you know he makes good decisions with the ball he can guard i think he's really good but again if you're if you're bob myers in golden state right now you're looking to win another title and is chris duarte going to put you over the top like he'll help you but to me it's like well is bradley beal available because that's who we want you know if you're if you're golden state you're saying like take wiggins take wiseman Take seven and fourteen, and give us Beal, and we're good. And and they probably won't do it, cause I don't know why you want Wiggins. But uh, <laughs> but ultimately, that's what you're trying to do, right? Like whatever you can do to get that other piece. If Clay comes back to put with with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and that's where I mean, regardless, if if they just have to settle for like seven and fourteen, and they get like I got him at Davion Mitchell. He's a guy I still higher than most. A lot of guys have him now fallen into that maybe almost a second pick for Golden State around 14 or somewhere 10 to 14. I, I still think that some team will, will – and it's hard because Sacramento's not going to take him, right? We we know that. Um, you know, Charlotte's not going to take him if he gets there. Charlotte's got multiple point guards. Sacramento's got De'Aaron Fox and Hal Burton, so they're not going to touch him. Um, so, really, the, the the spots for him – are more Golden State, Orlando at eight. I think Davion Mitchell would be really good at Orlando for at eight, to be honest, because they need a point guard. I mean, I know people think Cole Anthony might be the guy. Like, Cole Anthony to me is a good second unit point guard.
0: Davion Mitchell's really interesting to me because I know, you know, after right after March Madness, if you were to ask people, they would have said, absolutely top 10, top 10 guy. And then the summer happens, he gets out of everyone's minds. And suddenly he's now like 12 and a half, 13 people are expecting him, but you're still high on him.
1: I am. I I mean, elite defender, elite defender who shot 45% from three. Now, was that a fluke? It might've been. I mean, he's probably not a 45% three point shooter, let's be honest, but can he be a, 37% three-point shooter in the NBA. And if he's that, and if he's Marcus Smart on the defensive end, and he's a better shooter than Marcus Smart, and also he's a better decision-maker, certainly at this stage, it may be even, he might be a better decision-maker today than Marcus Smart is with the ball in his hands running a team. So I I think Davion Mitchell's pretty damn good. And at worst-case scenario, he's an elite-level defender. At best-case scenario, you've got a guy who's a top-ten point guard.
0: So before we finish out, I do want to ask you about IO, the Sumo from Illinois. Um, I think just looking at the odds, I think it was 26 and a half was his draft spot. What are you expecting to where he goes? Uh, what, what teams do you think would be interested in him? What's kind of your, your thoughts around IO?
1: It's crazy how um, NBA guys, they just don't really love him. they don't. Yeah. And you know part of it is they don't know what he is, right? They, they feel like he was able to play volleyball and use that body in college and he won't be able to do it in the league. And, you know, he, he's a guy that actually did, you know, the one one of the things that NBA guys told him to come back for was shoot it better. Well, he did. I mean, he shot like 39% from three last year. So he did that, but I think they, they, they feel like, well, he's not a point and he's really not a two because he doesn't score it well enough to be a two. But, you know, again, I think when you're talking in the mid twenties, which is probably where he goes, That's pretty good value. You know, him. I think Jared Butler is another one that's really intriguing right now because of the medical, you know, came back. Now he's cleared by the NBA. Still, how concerned are teams? Even though he's cleared, how concerned are teams with that medical? Um, I love Jared Butler. I think he can be, again, a great, you know, combo guard coming off the bench in the league. So I think if you can get him in the 20s. And then, you know, there's some red flag guys. Jalen Johnson. Where does he go? I mean, he's kind of the ultimate wild card for me in that kind of mid-tier range. Could he go 10? Sure. Could he go 25? Yeah. Like, we just don't know what came back from the Duke camp and all the other people that that the NBA guys have talked to while he jumped around from school to school in high school.
2: I did see a bet out there, uh, Jalen Johnson or Kai Jones to be drafted first, and Based on some of the things you said and some other mocks I've read, I think Kai Jones could be a good bet, because I also agree that just there might be some concerns because of how Jalen Johnson's one year at Duke went and opting out of the season and some of the the potential backlash and red flags that caused. One question I have, when making a mock draft, how hard is it to decide on what you think will happen and what you think should happen and is it kind of hard to sort all the information based on information you get, but also knowing that you have followed all lot of these players throughout their college careers and maybe even some in high
1: school? Early on, it's what you think what you would do because you don't have enough info. Like when you do that first one after the lottery, you haven't talked to enough people. So it, you've talked to some people early on in the process, but You know, you're doing a lot of like what you think the needs are, you know, um, you know, Cleveland, for instance, you're like, okay, they can't take Suggs. They're not taking them. They're they're, going to take Mobley. And then as you get more and more info, you might change that. So by now, it's more of what you think teams are going to do. But early on, a lot of it is what you think they should do, not necessarily what you think they're going to do, what you think they should do. And then the more you talk to NBA guys, the more. You're like, okay, yeah, I had IO a lot higher early, I did, but eventually, you talk to enough NBA guys and they're like, yeah, like IO not going in the teens. You look like an idiot. You have him there, and it's like, okay, I better drop him. You know, I I liked IO more than other people because I saw him in college and he was dominant. You know, he had a hell of a year for the most part. Um, so I yeah, I, I think Kaminga for me again was another one I wrestled with. Because I was never a big like I would have put Kaminga. I'm telling you, like 15. If it were what I what I would do, like if it were what I would do, I would have Jonathan Kaminga going like 16 to Oklahoma City. That's where oh, I would have. Wow. Just me personally, you know. But again, he's not going to go 16. I know he's going to go higher than 16. So I, I you know, again, it's a it's kind of that balancing act, but you, you have ultimately you've got to do what you think the teams are going to do, not what you would do or want them to do.
2: Well, I appreciate that because as uh, someone who tries to make a little bit of money off this thing, it's much more useful to get the opinions of the, the people who are as plugged in as it gets and not just someone who uh, puts their scouting hat on and pretends like it's a video game. So appreciate that. Uh, Thanks a lot, Jeff, for joining us. We can watch you tomorrow on the Inside the Association draft special. That starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. And your mock draft, as we mentioned, on WatchStadium.com. Anything else you want to add?
1: Uh, Bones Highland moving up. Moving up quick, boys. There we go. It's getting a little bit of momentum here. Bones Highland is is probably the one. The other one that um, I don't know. It's funny. I did something with DraftKings yesterday. And they asked me what I liked out of out of the prop bets. And I said I would go the, um, the over on Sharif Cooper. And it was like 20 at that point, or 20 and a half maybe. And literally like an hour later, it was 22 and a half. So oh, wow. I still like it. I still like the over, but I loved it at 20 and a half. Loved it.
2: I saw 20 and a half yesterday morning. And yeah, right now we're sitting at 22 and a half with, Crazy. Juice on the over, minus 130. So that's on the move, and who knows, that may be at the mid-20s by the time he, uh, the draft can't starts. Shoot. Listen,
1: he can't shoot and he can't guard. Those are two things yeah. you need to be able to do. Yeah. But one of At least do one of them. Like, if you can't do either of those, I don't know how. I mean, he's, in a, he's a hell of a passer. He is. He's a hell of a passer. But um, to me, again, I don't know how you can take him. At, I, I think he falls out of the first round. Or, or late first, 28, 29, somewhere in
2: there. That would cover every number, so that's that's good enough for us.
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate
1: you coming on. You got it, guys. Good coming on, and uh, I'll see you guys soon.